Wednesday, December 6th, the Boston School Committee approved a plan to change school start times at virtually all of the district schools, with the goal of letting high school students in particular get a bit more sleep. The plan, which has many elementary schools slated to open as early as 7.15 in the morning and release students at 1.15 p.m., sparked outrage from parents whose work and childcare schedules would be impacted. A Change.org petition to roll back the change received more than 7,000 signatures within a week, and a city councilor told the Boston Banner that he'd never had as much communication from constituents as he received on this issue. I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and this week, given the uproar in Boston and similar debates underway around the country, we thought it'd be worth replaying one of the most popular episodes in our archives, my September 2016 interview with Finley Edwards, an economist who produced one of the first studies of the effects of school start times on student learning. His evidence surely won't satisfy the concerns of Boston parents whose schedules have been thrown into chaos by the new plan, but it may shed some light on why the district is looking to make changes. I hope you enjoy it. Finley, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having me, Marty. So obviously there's a lot of interest in this topic. We see that reflected in the traffic on our website. What led you to look at it in the first place? Well, Marty, I first started thinking uh, about this idea a number of years ago, and my younger sister, uh, Melissa, was in a situation where her school was, was starting at 7.30, like many schools do in high school, and she was one of the first ones to get on the bus at the morning, so she was having to get on the bus at 6.30 a.m., you know, waking up before even 6 uh, to get ready, and thinking back to my own experience uh, as a teenager, as I think most of us can... Um, can recognize that's really hard to do as a teenager. So I started looking into the research to see, you know, what uh, studies had been done looking at this sort of thing. And what I found was that there was a lot of clinical evidence about why uh, starting school or waking up in general too early in the morning might be particularly uh, problematic for, for teenagers and doing cognitive tasks like going to school. Uh, there's just an abundance of literature uh, looking at what they, they call circadian rhythms, particularly at, with teenagers tied with the the release of certain hormones in their body that, that physically makes it very, very difficult uh, for them, first of all, to go to sleep early in the evening and then also to wake up early in the morning. Uh, so the end result is that waking up early, whether to go to school or do something else, when you're a teenager, just is going to result in substantially less sleep. So this stereotypical image that we have of having teenagers that we have to drag out of bed, there's actually something to it. It's not just them being lazy. It's literally hard for them to go to bed early and hard for them to get up early in the morning. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not just a motivation thing. Uh, there are physical reasons why this is hard to do. And uh, when I then wanted to say, okay, specifically what's the direct evidence of school performance, what I found is that there really had not been much work done looking at that directly. And what had been done directly was just comparing uh, different schools that started at different times. Uh, and that's a decent enough first step, but it's somewhat problematic because we do have this kind of robust physiological literature that says starting school too early 
ought to be bad. So we also might expect that the schools that start later might be um, better managed or have other advantages beyond just starting school early. Uh, so I wasn't really all that convinced with the existing direct evidence, uh, so I decided to, to see what I could figure out on my own. So what made Wake County, North Carolina, a good place to look at this issue? That's where you conducted your study, and obviously they had great data, but what else made the issue tractable in that setting? Yeah, so so what I was looking for, I had I had, I had no connection to, to Wake County. I don't believe I've ever even been to North Carolina myself. Um, but what made them attractive was the particular circumstances in Wake County. So Wake County, over the six years that I looked at, they had experienced dramatic growth in their student population. So they were opening new schools, and they were adjusting the start times of the schools within their district anyway. That made it almost a unique situation to look at this issue, because what I was able to do was to compare schools and, even better, students within schools that experienced both early and late start times. So schools that either changed their start times from an earlier time to a later time or vice versa. And that's exactly what I wanted to do to try to tease out just the effect of these changes in, in start times, separated from anything else, is to look at within the same student in different years with an earlier start time and a later start time. And that would um, address all these issues of all these other things that we would also expect to affect uh, student performance, uh, but wouldn't necessarily be changing from year to year. Uh, Wake County had 14 different changes in their start times just in middle school from early to late or late to early over that period of time, which is very unusual. Most districts, I mean, don't have that many schools to begin with uh, in, in middle school. And also their start times tend to be fairly stable. So it's somewhat unusual for schools to be changing. Uh, but because we had this large student population growth in Wake County, there was enough changes in start times that I was able to uh, tease out the effects of those changes. So if I'm a middle schooler in Wake County attending a particular school and in seventh grade my school starts at one time and at eighth grade it starts at a different time, you're going to see how my performance changes between seventh and eighth grade relative to all the other students around Wake County. Is that right? Yes, exactly. And when you make those comparisons, what did you find? So I found that, that on average, uh, starting school one hour later, so going from 7.30 to 8.30, let's say, uh, resulted in an increase of about two percentile points on math scores and about one percentile point on reading scores. So someone who was in, say, the 58th percentile in math might go up to the 60th percentile point uh, by starting school later. So that's not a huge effect, but it's large enough to make a difference and something we'd want to be concerned about. Um, you also found that the effects were larger for some students than for others, right? I did. So, so two particular uh, things that matter there. Um, one, I found that it was much bigger, uh, twice as large, in fact, for uh, lower-performing students than for higher-performing students. If we look at the, the, in the bottom third of students, the effect of having a later start time was twice as large for them than for the ones in the upper third of performance on test scores. Um, I also found a huge difference uh, in younger students or in older students. So these were, were middle school students. They range in age from 11 up to 14. 
And the youngest students, there was very little effect of starting school later. There was some effect in math, but nothing for, for reading. But as I can, looked at older and older students, 12, 13, up to 14, this effect got much larger, up to the point that when I was looking at 14-year-olds, it was four percentile points for math, three percentile points for reading, uh, which is a big change. And that's starting to get a very sizable result, um, as much as we would see in almost any sort of intervention in, into schools. And that's very consistent with the physiological evidence that you referenced earlier, right, suggesting that adolescents in particular are the ones who struggle to wake up early and to get to bed in time when they have to wake up early. Yes, uh, and I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I focus most of my efforts looking at middle school students as opposed to elementary or high school students uh, was because we see this change in middle school, that they go from children to biological adults. They have, they have adolescents occur. And if it is tied to these hormonal changes that the physiological literature indicates, uh, we would expect to see exactly the pattern of results that I found, that for the youngest students that are by and large you know, similar physiologically to you know, elementary school students, uh, start times may not matter that much. But once we get to the oldest students that are in the middle of the, the biggest hormonal change and full-on adolescence, that is when we would expect start times to have the biggest effect, you know, those eighth graders, ninth graders. Uh, and the results that I find back that up completely. Now, most of the districts that I'm familiar with actually schedule school openings exactly the opposite of what you just suggested would be optimal. They tend to have middle and high schools starting earlier than their elementary schools. Why, why might that be the case? So I, I completely agree. That is the pattern that I have seen in a lot of schools, too. Um, my suspicion is that the, okay, there's, there's two questions. Why do you have schools start at different times anyway? And if they're going to start at different times, why is it the older kids, the, the high school, the middle schools, that are starting early instead of the elementary schools? Uh, so my impression is that the reason they have different start times largely comes down to transportation costs um, by staggering the times that your schools start. Having high schools start at 7.30, elementary then at 8.30 or 9, uh, they can employ fewer buses, fewer bus drivers. So you can use the same bus to, um, to service several different schools. Uh, and that can, can have considerable cost savings for, for districts, and finances are tight across the nation, so they're looking for ways to save money. That's one way they, they can do it. As to why it's the elementary schools that are starting later instead of high school, um, I think it probably just comes down to um, parents complaining and who's complaining louder. Um, these early starting schools, kids that are taking the bus, they're almost always, at least a part of the year, going to be waiting for the bus when it's dark outside. Uh, I have an elementary school child. I know that I would not be happy if they had to wait outside in the dark uh, to catch a bus each day. Um, so I think that is a big reason why. Um, Parents are probably not as concerned about, you know, a 15-year-old waiting outside to catch the bus as they would be with a 6-year-old. Um, another issue related to that is just parents' work schedules. Um, you know, you're probably not as worried about a teenager being home alone for an extra half an hour before they, they, they catch the bus um, or, you know, be, potentially being able to drive themselves or, or go with a the classmate to school, whereas with a 
younger child, it could be more difficult um, for an 8.30 start time. If your parent has to start work at 8, that could be more difficult. They you know, may want to stay at home until their, their kid catches the bus. Well, that's the consideration that would seem to push in the opposite direction and the one that I would hope districts would pay attention to, right? Because uh, that would lead them to have elementary schools starting earlier. Uh, pot- potentially, yes. Um, but, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to, to have helped that much. We do see some movement towards schools um, starting high schools later in, in the day, um, but still the, the dominant um, pattern, I think, is for high schools to start early. Yeah, it's been interesting. Your research still provides, in my view, the very best evidence that we have on the real-world consequences of school start times for academic performance, at least. But this issue is getting uh, a lot of attention. The Center for Disease Control has a recent report that warns that adolescents Mm -hmm. who don't get enough sleep, whatever the reason, are more likely to be overweight, not engage in physical activity, engage in unhealthy behaviors like drinking, smoking, and using drugs. And this has led the American Academy of Pediatrics to recommend that middle and high schools start at 8.30 or later. The latest data that I think we have nationally is still from 2011, 2012, but fewer than 20% of middle and high schools open at 8.30 or later currently. Are you seeing momentum in this direction since that time? Well, is that picture gonna change as we have uh, more up-to-date information? I, I think there's there's some momentum, but not much. I think there are more schools that are changing to later times than changing to early times, but most schools are staying where they're at. So there 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 is some movement in what I would think would be the correct direction of middle schools and high schools starting later, uh, but not as much as, as I would like to see or I think would be would be beneficial. Um, most schools are, are sticking with the status quo, uh, which in most cases is those middle and high schools starting early. Well, all we can hope then is that more and more people continue to find your article on our website and uh, see the light and start doing the hard work of trying to figure out solutions uh, that will allow them to align start times with what makes the most sense for children. I, I hope so, too. My guest today has been Finley Edwards. You can find his article, Do Schools Begin Too Early, on the journal's website at educationnext.org. Finley, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Marty. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, be sure to check out our archives, where you can find each of the more than 100 episodes we've recorded since we launched in 2015.